Real Exam English, Season 3, Learning. Hello and welcome to Real Exam English. Today's episode is about learning, another really common topic in English exams. We have speakers from England, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand and the United States all answering questions about learning. You will hear loads of useful expressions and idioms, some amazing ways to structure your answer, plus some wonderful language for speculating about photographs. As usual, you can find the transcripts for this episode on the Real Exam English website, realexamenglish.com. Okay then, let's go with the questions. What practical skill would you like to learn? I have always had a desire or I guess I've always been drawn to certain survival skills and I'm I'm not necessarily the type of person to think that the world is going to be destroyed in the blink of an eye. I'm I'm not a survivalist or something like that, but I still would like to learn some things such as um learning to build a fire out in the wilderness, learning to find find water out in the wilderness. Skills like this that if something serious ever did happen, whether I got stuck or or something serious happened to society, I would be much better off in in looking after myself. Can you learn something if it is something you dislike? I think that there are lots of different challenges in terms of learning, um, being bored, the amount you can apply yourself. And a lot of these are connected to if you purely if you like the subject. I think it's quite necessary for people to learn to or to at least to attempt to learn things that they dislike. And the reason I think that is because we might dislike something because of some misconception we have about the subject or we don't have a we we can't recognize its importance. And I think a perfect example of this is mathematics, in which I would say in the majority of people say they don't like it. However, getting to certain points of it, people can understand its importance. What a cracking pair of answers. In the first answer, we heard these two really nice ways of saying that you would like to do something. They were, I have always had a desire, or I guess I've always been drawn to certain survival skills. It's great to have some expressions like this, as it's very typical in an exam to be asked about what you would like to be able to do. Next, we heard this awesome expression that the world is going to be destroyed in the blink of an eye. If something happens in the blink of an eye, then it happens really quickly. For instance, the pickpocket robbed my wallet in the blink of an eye. In the second answer, we're going to focus on the connectors as this answer is structured excellently. So what do we hear? Firstly, the reason I think that is, then he said, because of some misconception, a perfect example of this in which the majority of people, however people can understand it. Wow, so many connectors in one short answer. If this were an exam, the examiner would be really impressed and would be giving high marks for discourse management. If you could learn a new skill, what would you choose to do? Hmm. If I could learn any skill, I would choose to... Hmm. Uh, I suppose I would choose to learn uh, how to draw uh, yeah, I've always loved looking at cartoons and I think it'd be awesome to learn how to draw cartoons and how to, you know, start cartooning. The first answer is a perfect example of how to give yourself time to think about what you're going to say. 
The speaker said so much before actually giving his answer. He started off with, hmm. Then he repeated the question a bit. If I could learn any skill, I would choose to. Then he adds a bit of speculation. I suppose I would choose. Then finally his answer, to learn to draw. We've spoken before about it being useful to have some techniques to give yourself some extra time to think. As the questions you get asked, particularly at a higher level, can be tricky. Often things you haven't thought about, even in your own language. So make sure to practice these time buyers so that it sounds natural in an exam situation. Can you learn something if it's something you dislike? I mean, I definitely think you can learn something you even if you dislike it, because there's always going to be things that you dislike doing, but I find it to be more of a challenge. So for example, I had to learn how to do my taxes. I have to learn how to do certain computer things, all those kind of things. Yeah. I don't really like to learn them. Um, so it's harder for me. It's harder to learn if I don't like something, but I don't think it's, you have to like something to learn it. Do you think that having a private lesson is better than having a lesson with other students? I think it depends on what your goals are and what your, your outcome is. So for example, I think if you, my gut reaction would be no, that it better, it's always better to have more interaction and listening to other people and the dynamics of lots of people speaking together. Um, But if you have a real targeted interest and you're really drilling down on something, you really have to uh, put your nose to the grindstone to, to learn something. And you're also under a time constraint. The private lesson might be the way to go, but I think for, for general learning acquisition, for um, learning things that you can't expect to learn, then I definitely prefer the group. Some fantastic expressions to focus on here. Firstly, my gut reaction would be no. So your gut reaction is something you feel without stopping to think about it, like your instinct. For instance, in many detective movies, when the police go around to speak to suspects, they get a gut reaction about who the killer is. Then we heard when you were drilling down on something, you have to put your nose to the grindstone. So drilling down on something is really focusing on something specific. For example, my English teacher has been drilling down on connectors in class recently. Then to put your nose to the grindstone means to work hard for a long time. You can also keep or have your nose to the grindstone. An example would be she kept her nose to the grindstone all year and ended up passing her C1 exam with top marks. Okay, next up we have some photo speculation. You should be able to see the photo in the artwork on your podcast app, hopefully. If not, you can find a link for it in the show notes and it's on the blog on the Real Exam English website. Okay, then here we go. There's a lady and a child holding a stick. Do not know what this stick is. I do not know why they're holding it up, but the the young girl is holding it. Well, they're both holding it and the girl looks really happy about it and the woman looks happy that the child is happy so i'm going to make the assumption that she is her mother but i'm damned if i know why they are holding this stick i would say um mother daughter uh or maybe aunt and a niece and it looks like it's 
some kind of unusual gift and they're they're trying that the young girl is trying to unwrap it or un unveil it in some way that might be exciting looks like uh it's um looks like a relative and and uh and a girl uh, uh just because they're in like a comfy house together they're probably related and uh she seems to be showing the girl something maybe it's something that she used like for a sport or or maybe it's like some kind of a construction material and the girl is like checking it out and the older lady is happy to share this uh item with with the girl okay so let's take a look at what language was used here for speculating we had plenty of looks such as the woman looks happy it looks like a gift we had seems she seems to be showing her something we had maybe maybe it's something she used for sport might it might be exciting probably they're probably related okay so they're the more normal ones then we had two fancier structures the first one was i'm going to make the assumption that she is her mother nice and i'm damned if i know why they're holding the stick which means I have no idea why or I haven't got a clue why they're holding the stick. Really nice ways to speculate there and not ones you will see very often in any English textbooks. Great stuff. One other thing to comment on here is the use of adjectives. In the first answer, we hear the woman looks happy, the girl is happy, the child is happy. Also in the second answer, we hear the older lady is happy. Students very often use basic adjectives like this, happy or sad or good or bad when describing photos. Remember, it's an exam and your objective is to impress the examiner. So you really need to practice using better adjectives to describe photos and particularly people's feelings, which is a very common question. So for instance, instead of happy, say she looks pleased or delighted, chuffed, made up, over the moon, or if you really got to use the happy word, then she looks as happy as Larry. Much better, right? Some people say that the only way we learn things is by trying to do things and making mistakes. Do you agree? I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because a lot of um, my students, you know, they're afraid to make mistakes. And often students don't speak because they're afraid of not you know, speaking well or making a mistake. And I always say to them, well, you're better to to speak and make a mistake than to not speak at all, you know, and um, we can help you with, um, you know, with the mistakes that you make and help you to improve them. Is there a tip you could give to someone learning something? Um, listen, 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 and um, be open-minded. And be prepared to learn, you know, because if you're not open-minded, it's going to be much harder for you to learn because um, different English-speaking countries, for example, speak different ways and have different accents and sometimes even say words differently, you know. So it's about listening and just being prepared to, to understand what's being taught some sage advice there from this English teacher who is from New Zealand, by the way. As she says, when learning to speak English, it's much better to speak and make a mistake than not to speak at all. 
The same goes with writing. When you learn some new grammar or vocabulary, it's super important to try it out, even if it means you might make a mistake or two. In fact, even in an exam, if you make a mistake with less common words or structures, this will not count against you and you can still get maximum marks. So be ambitious, try stuff out. It's the only way to get yourself up to that next level. Some people say that we should keep learning new things all our lives. What do you think? Absolutely. I think learning new things keeps your mind fresh. Having an interest in new things uh, keeps your mind more active. And I think an active and open mind is less likely to slow down and atrophy. So I think learning new things is very, very important throughout your life. To what extent do you agree that learning should always be fun? I think it's much, much easier to learn when it's fun. Um, I don't think learning can always be fun because there are some things you need to learn that are literally never going to be interesting. Okay, in the first answer, we heard that an open mind is less likely to slow down. Less likely here means that it is less probable, but it sounds much better to use less likely instead of there is less probability to show down, which doesn't sound so natural and is something I hear a lot from Spanish and Italian students in particular. Then we heard literally, which is a very interesting word. Originally, literally meant using the real meaning of a word like I live literally next door to my grandmother. But then the word acquired this new meaning, used in an exaggerated way to emphasize a statement that is not literally true or possible. For example, I drank too much wine last night and I'm literally dying today. Okay, you're not. You're going to live. But we get the idea, you big money arse. Some people say that we should keep learning new things all our lives. What do you think? Um, I think that's, I I agree with that. I think, you know, um, it keeps life interesting for a start. Secondly, I mean, there's been, there's been plenty of medical studies that have proven that um, it's actually good for your brain uh, to be learning new things because it reduces the risk of getting Alzheimer's. Um, And also, you know, the reality of it is we don't know everything. We actually probably don't, we probably know less than we think we do. So why not learn? The world's an amazing place and it's got so much to offer us. so why not try and find out about things? I think I think learning is, is really important. I'm definitely a lifelong learner. What practical skill would you like to learn? There isn't one. There's quite a few, actually. Um, but I think, well, I definitely like to learn upholstery. And I would also like to learn, um, I think, probably a bit of engineering, electrical engineering. Two completely different things on the spectrum, but um, I think I'd like to learn both of those. Another really well-structured answer here, we heard for a start, secondly, and also, and then we had our nice rhetorical question, so why not try and find out about things? Superb. Then a cool little expression, a lifelong learner, which of course is someone who continues learning for their whole lives. Some of you, in fact, might be lifelong learners of English. It would be awesome to use this expression in your exam if an examiner asks you how long you've been learning English. Instant vocabulary points for you. And that is all the vocabulary we have for today, folks. Hope you are as happy as Larry with all of the brilliant language on offer in this episode. And if you want to get some more awesome tips like you heard today, then why not book a class with me? Check out the Real Exam English website for more details, realexamenglish.com. Okay. 
that's it. All the best, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs>